Y'all here? Good morning. That's better. Good. Glad you're here. It uh, was good to be here this morning. Uh, open your Bibles, if you would, to Acts, the third chapter. Acts chapter 3. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, verses 11 through 26. Um, when you think about um, pressure, anxiety, stress, what is it that gives you pressure? Just kind of maybe close your eyes, think about it, and think about what is it in your life that creates the most pressure. Um, There's some lyrics to a song that I want to read. Kind of go along with this. Maybe this will resonate with you a little. Uh, The song is by Big Rich. I really don't know who that is. Um, um, But I like the song. I, I'm my, I have quite a repertoire of different types of music. Um, I'm, tr- I'm working on opera, and I don't know that we're going to get there. Um, but listen to the words of this song. Uh, Man on TV's gone insane, everybody just laughing, people cross the world holding on. The earth, earth caved in, the oceans came down crashing. My neighbor lost his job because he can't. My neighbor lost a ha- his house because he can't find a job. Don't you dare pledge allegiance. Don't you dare speak of God. Speak of God. Now I'm begging for forgiveness. I want to make a difference, even in the smallest way. I'm only one person, but I feel, I can feel it working. I believe in better days. That's why I pray. Some stupid video posted as a joke, somebody's life gets ruined. Out of of everything we can create, where's the cure for the sick from losing? Babies having babies because their parents are always gone. Somewhere we have forgotten how to make a house a home. How to make a house a home. I'm begging for forgiveness. I want to make a difference even in the smallest way. I'm only one person, but I can feel it working. I believe in better days. That's why I pray. Yeah, that's why I pray. These demons from my past haunt me every night. I just can't get through it. If I could forget them on my own, I'll let them go and just move on. But heaven knows I'm only human. And that's why I pray. Yeah, that's why I pray. Um, It's a country song. I think they're a country group, but good words. Uh, Speak very much to um, our fallen world. And when we think about pressure and uh, we think about stress, we think about anxiety, we think about the the things that generate that those hard negative emotions, that that pressure. Uh, So where do we find relief? Um, where, where is relief? What, what, uh, what can we do? And I think in this text, uh, Peter gives his second sermon here in Acts chapter 3. Uh, I think he speaks and tells us that there is some refreshments that's found in the kingdom of God. That relief is found in the kingdom of God. So 
How do we find that? How, how can we tap into uh, the kingdom of God or we can experience the kingdom of God right now? And I think, there, um, I, think I see about four components here that, that are part of the kingdom of God. And if, if we can kind of get a, our head around these, I think we can experience it in such a way that we might be able to find some relief. You may be able to sleep a little bit better at night. Um, the, the lesson starts out in verse 11. And Peter's out on this porch, and this is a real common place for teaching. Um, uh, Jesus taught there, uh, John chapter 10. And this is a time when Jesus was teaching, and the Jews asked him about if he, who he was and that, he want, that they wanted him to state who he was. And he says, well, um, I and the Father at once, basically what he said. And then they stone him. Uh, you'll also see later on that the church or the, the early followers of Jesus will be gathered there in Acts chapter 5. There, there's a lot of activity around this particular porch. Um, starts out in verses, verse 12. You see, uh, got Paul and Barnabas and there's this person that's just hanging on them. They've just healed the lame man. And you see this idea of wonder but misunderstanding. So typically where you see the, the kingdom of God is you, you see it and you find it when it, there is this wonder and misunderstanding. And when I was looking through this text, and you, you see the same thing uh, later on. Paul and Barnabas are going to be in Lystra. And, and this is in Acts chapter 14. And, and they're going to heal a lame man. And what you see there is the people think that they're gods. There's this, they're, they're excited about what's happening, but they're completely misun, misunderstanding what's going on, and they wound up uh, kicking Paul and Barnabas out of, out of Lystra. Uh, but I think about well, when I was in China. Most of you know we made a, recently made a trip to China, and, and in, my, in our Bible class I shared uh, uh, this letter that I got from one of the individuals that I met, and her name was Emma. And Emma is um, a, one of the top uh, oncologists in, in China. Uh, very, well, uh, very well off, uh, very good English. And I wound up spending quite a bit of time with, uh, with Emma because she took me to, um, uh, to see the, the heavenly city. And the heavenly city is basically there's this huge park, and there's a lot of temples around where the emperor would, emperors would go in, and, and they would receive um, uh, some divine instructions from God because the emperors were a representative of God on earth in, in that Chinese culture. Really wonderful trip. I would encourage you, if anybody gets a chance to go to China, you ought to go to the country. Uh, the culture is very steeped in, in, in history. Uh, and even if you don't like history, which I'm not a, you know, one of these people that just gung-ho history, I, I don't know that I, I think it was one of those that I didn't do well in, in school. Um, but I was just amazed at, at some of the similarities between the stories that they tell about the creation and things like that that were similar to some of the things that we, we find in, in the biblical text. Um, but Emma took, was taking me, we were walking through this park, and, and I'd spent some time with her, and, and one of the things that she had, had talked about was that she didn't really know if she wanted to be an oncologist. Um, and then she talked about her, um, her wealth. One of the, the things that happened, uh, she, had take, she took me to a, um, a Chinese opera. That's why I said, I don't know if I can do opera, especially in Chinese. It, you know, it, um, 
But she, we, we walk into this restaurant. Uh, this was after we had gone through the Holy City. And she goes, I, have, I want you to taste some traditional food and see some, some of our culture. So we go in here and, and we walk in. And the table that they have us is right behind this big column. And uh, I don't know if you've ever, Chinese people, when they get upset, and then there's this, of course, I wasn't understanding a word that was going on. So, but I could tell that she was not happy with this table being there. And that we weren't going to sit at this table. And I was, I was still, I said, Emma, that's, it's, it's okay. I can, I'm here fine. She goes, no, I have money. We're not sitting here. And I'm going, okay, well, I'm afraid we're about to get in trouble. So all the things that, that I, you know, she's, you know, t- telling them whatever, and their hands going in a lot of uh, racket. Um, I, the next thing I know is that some waiters are coming out from the back with a table, and they take a table, and they set it right up in front. And so Emma and I are sitting right up in front watching this opera, and she said, I told you, I have money. Um, and I said, okay, I, I guess so. Uh, but she's a very sad person. Um, and in our conversations, although she had the money in by Chinese standard and had position and power as an oncologist and a, a well-known doctor, um, wasn't very happy at all. And as we were talking about, um, as we were going through the Holy City, uh, I was trying to, to kind of talk with her about God and, you know, introduce the kingdom, help her to see the kingdom of God as we were kind of walking through these temples and stuff. And one of the things that she asked me about, she asked me about, she goes, well, you know, I, I read that uh, when Americans uh, get the news that they have cancer, that uh, they take it pretty well, that they don't have the same type of reaction that we have here in China, which people are really devastated when they find out that they have cancer. And she goes, is that true? And I said, well, you know, I'm a chaplain for the uh, local hospital. And what I have seen in my personal experience, I don't know if this is worldwide or whether if you could have some kind of research that would prove this. But I said, you know, uh, um, most people are kind of shocked when they find out they have cancer. But they have a good doctor. We have good resources. And so they kind of work through that and they become very confident about their treatment plan and their recovery and that process. And so I I think they, overall, that was what your understanding is probably true. And um, I said, you know, one of the things is that, you know, when you're afraid of something, when you, when you feel insecure, that anxiety is always going to be high. And so we kind of, we're going down this path. And um, as I was talking to her, you know, I said, well, you know, how do we find um, security? Where do we find that? Now, I think you can see where I'm trying to take this in this conversation. I want to take her that the security, the refreshment, the relief is found in the kingdom of God. So we start talking about that, and I start talking about security found in our relationship with God and how his kingdom is here and, and that we, we are able to experience it in part. It's not completely here, but we experience it here in part now and how she can be a part of that. And she, she looks at me and she goes, um, Galen, I'm a scientist. I can't test this. I mean, I can't, you know, there, there's, there's not, I do, I do double-blind studies on things to prove whether they are true or not. And, and what you tell me, I just can't, I can't get, I can't see it. I can't test it. I can't put it in a lab. 
And so I said, well, sure you can. And we began to talk about life as the lab. And I said, well, because we just talked about that. I said, if you, you've noticed even in your own culture that, and you've seen it in our culture, that the more confident people are in you as a doctor, the better they do. Would that not be true? And she said, yes. I said, what is that? She said, well, I guess they feel secure. She'd already kind of picked up on the word I was wanting her to use. So I guess they feel secure. I said, sure. So you know by personal experience that we can prove that when people feel secure, they do better. And she said, yes. I said, God. And she just kind of looks at me and don't know that she really got that at that point. She sent me a letter after I'd been back, and I shared. I mentioned that I shared this letter with uh, our Bible class. And so, in the letter, she writes. She goes, "It's been a week since you've been gone, and I've been thinking about the impact that our conversations have had." And she says, "So I looked inside, and I looked in my heart. Oh, but what a pity! I didn't find God, but I found a little girl. I found a little girl that's lonely." I found a little girl that doesn't know if she wants to be an oncologist. I found a little girl that wants to get married and maybe have a baby. Do you hear where where we're going with this? You see, in my understanding, that's the God part. Calling us out of the world. There's wonder there. There's mystery there but a lot of misunderstanding. And then she wrote and started another little paragraph, and she goes, oh, um, uh, she said something something to do with um, something positive. One of my patients gave me a Bible. What is that? God. Now, I don't know if she was talking to one of her patients about God, don't really care. I know that God provided his word for her to be able to look. And she said, maybe if I read the Gospels, I will find him there. I think she will. I think she's already a lot closer than she realizes that she is. And that's really the way the kingdom of God works. It can be right in our midst and we miss it. But when we see it, there is this wonder There's amazement, but with that often comes a lot of misunderstanding. So as we, the people of God, we need to help people understand that this is the way the kingdom works. This is how God works. So that when things happen around them, when the the miraculous happen, we are able to say, this isn't because of us. This is God. This is God. Another... um, component here that is found in verses 13 through 18, uh, that um, there's always a contrast. Where the kingdom of God is, there is always a contrast. Uh, Notice he says there in that that section, he says, basically, you guys chose a murderer. You had the prince of life here, and and you chose a murderer. And and when we look through uh, uh, through the biblical text, we always see that there's a choice. There's choices. There's a contrast. That for us to make. Uh, one of my favorite texts is uh, 
in Acts chapter 26 where, where Paul is talking to Agrippa and he's making his defense and he's telling Agrippa why he's teaching what he's teaching. And he says, look, um, this is what Jesus told me. Jesus told me, he said, um, I want you to go to your people and, and what I want you to do is I want you to, to, to teach them the difference between light and dark. And I want you to teach them the difference between good and evil so that they'll choose good, light and darkness so that they'll choose light. And then I want you to kind of gather them together. And that's what I want you to do. And we do the same thing. Wherever the kingdom of God is, there will always be some kind of light, some kind of way to make a contrast with the world. Which takes us to the next piece. In verses 19 through 21... I think what you see there is that where the kingdom of God is, there'll always be a choice. So you have the contrast, and then you have the choice. And basically he says, repent. I know that you may have done this in ignorance, but I want you to repent. In order to find that relief, we have to change how we think about things. And, and again, when you, when you think about this relief and the stress that we're under, when, when I was thinking about putting this, uh, this lesson together, I, I started thinking, well, what, what in my life, when was it that I experienced the most relief? And when did I experience the most pressure? And I began to think about a very marked time in my life when I was... Um, I was in my late teens, and I had gone to, to Lake Dallas, and I, we had taken this uh, tube, a uh, big tractor tube, and we blew it up. And you can blow those things up and make them huge, you know. And so we're out there in, in the lake, and, and we're, I'm out there with a, uh, a girlfriend of mine at the time, and um, we're out there, and, and, and boats are coming by. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been out to Louisville Lake, but you can cross Louisville over there by the bridge, and there's a lot of boats, and, and they were making waves, and we were right out there by that, and uh, these boats were coming by, and all of a sudden a boat came by, and it came pretty close and got, gave us a big wave, and it flipped the inner tube over. Um, and we both flew off. Well, I, I was having a good time. I popped up. And when I popped up, I didn't see um, my friend. My, uh, her name was uh, Sabina. I didn't see, I didn't see her. So I'm just going, okay, that's strange. I wonder where she is. So I'm looking around, and the tube is, is just leaving, okay? It's getting further and further away. So I'm sitting here treading water, and I'm waiting for her to, you know, to, to see her, and all of a sudden, pop, she pops up, and she's just fighting the water. Well, what she failed to tell me when we were out there was that she didn't know how to swim. So, now, I was um, a, a lifeguard trainee type when I was growing up, so I said, oh, I really didn't say, oh, I said, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I swam right at her. And when I got close enough to her, she grabbed a hold of me and started pushing me under the water. And I was under there, and she had to hold me, and I couldn't get up. And I'm going, oh, no. Not only is she going to drown, I'm going to drown with her. And, and this seemed like hours, okay? So we're under there, and she's holding on and pushing and trying. You know, she, of course, she's just doing the natural thing. She's trying to save her life. So I, um, I remembered, okay, um, what I need to do is I need to swim down because when you swim down, they let you go because they don't want to go down. So I started pulling her down, 
And so she, she let go, and I swam down and got away, got out from underneath her. Well, I've been under the water for quite a while now, and I could, what, what is very vivid about this moment is when I looked up, I could see light. And I was going, you're not going to make it. You can't hold your breath that long. And I mean, I am swimming and paddling my little feet, and my heart's about to pop out of me. And I'm, I'm get, I, I, I can't really tell how close I am. I don't know if you've ever been underwater and looked up and saw the, saw the sun shining. I couldn't really tell. I could just see the top of the, the, the waves on the top. And there was a part of me that's going, you're going to have to take a breath. And there was the other part that was saying, you take a breath, it's over. And I, you know, I, I mean, I was just, geez. Anyway, well, I popped up, obviously. <laughs> um, so I, um, I came up and I was behind her. So I, I came up, when I came up, I pulled her head back. And I don't know if you know anything about swimming. If you pull someone's head back, if they get their head and they arch their back, the legs come up. Okay, works. I was so glad because I had never done any of this before. Okay, the, the theory was becoming was becoming in practice. So anyway, so, so she pops up, and so I saw I'm side-stroking, okay, pulling her in. And I, I can't remember how far it was. It seemed like it was miles that we, we were far from the bank. And she's not really helping me do this. So we're coming, we're getting closer, and I kept wanting to feel the dirt in my feet. Because I kept putting my foot, I'd put one foot down and, and hope that I would feel something because I was getting awful tired. And like I said, she wasn't helping. Till finally we kept, I just, we just keep going. I'm going, geez, you're, you know, and I'm breathing. I'm, you know, gasping for breath and going, I don't know that we're going to do this until finally my foot finally just kind of raked the ground. Man, what Relief. That's the kind of relief that I believe that the kingdom of God gives us when we understand the wonder and the mystery and even misunderstandings that we have about the kingdom and the contrast that he gives us between the fallen world and the kingdom of God. And then he gives us these choices telling us to repent so that we can find that relief because in order to find the relief, you have to change how you think. One of the things that Paul will say is he will say that, look, Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to change how you view life's events. See them as the choices that they are, the contrast between the fallen world and the kingdom of God, the black and the white, the good and the evil, and be able to make those choices. He's always given us choices from the very beginning with Adam and Eve and Jacob and Esau. But a lot of times when we're under the, that stress, when we're under that pressure, we just can't think very well. When anxiety's high, the brain doesn't work very well. It was interesting a couple of weeks back or the other day, I don't remember when, don't remember when it was, but there were some people that or an individual that came up to me. And I, most of you have heard, heard this. If you've heard me teach very much, uh, to get the anxiety down when you're in a, 
when you're under pressure, there's an acrostic that you can say. It's, I just, we just call it stop, okay? And the S stands for stop. The T stands for think. The O stands for observe. The P stands for plan. So you stop, think, observe, and plan. Stop. So the person came up to me and they said, you know in that acrostic that you taught the other day? and Because they were going through a real difficult situation. You know that acrostic you were talking about, you you taught us one time? What's the S stand for? (laughs) I just smiled and said, stop. Oh, but that's, but that's what happens. You know, we, we, when we're under that pressure, when we're under the, 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 the strain, the anxiety, when anxiety's high, I don't think very well, even when I know something, even when I know things to do. That's why we train. And part of living in the kingdom of God is a constant training. It's a constant equipping ourselves. It's a constant thinking about the contrast between the fallen world, that we understand this world is fallen. There is no expectation for it. We live out of the kingdom of God and we know exactly what that looks like. We understand the contrast. The fourth component there is in verses 22 and through 26. Uh, Where the kingdom of God is, to make it visible, we connect life with Scripture. It's interesting that, uh, you know, Peter goes right back and says, hey, he goes back to the beginning. He says that this is when Moses, this is what Moses said about it. And the prophet said, told you about that there was going to be this prophet, there was going to be this Jesus, your Messiah, and, and all this was going to happen. This is all playing out exactly like it was, like it said in Scripture. It go to the past, bring it to the present, and then we live out of the future. It's kind of like some of the things we have written on our banner here. There's always that idea of the past, present, and the future. And that idea of of wonder and amazement and connecting it with Scripture. I was thinking about this, this piece, and uh, there was a, a young lady by the name of uh, Eva. And Eva, she's, uh, oh, maybe 20, uh, 25, 26, somewhere in that area. And she uh, uh, worked in uh, some type of corporate thing. Most of these people that we were talking to, because they could speak English, worked in the corporate world somewhere. Uh, but she was living with a guy that had just um, moved out, and she had just broken up with her, and so she was really sad. So she wanted to kind of talk about that. And um, so we were talking about it, and she said, well, he, he moved out because he had diabetes, and um, he said he didn't want me to suffer with that. And we began that conversation just kind of on this journey together. On One of the things I told Eva, I said, well, one of the things, if you want to help him, you're going to have to learn to help yourself. Okay? So, see, that was my end in to begin to share the kingdom with her. Move the focus off the other, putting it on her, equip her so that she could help. And she was all in because now she's motivated. She wants to help her boyfriend. So she's asking me these things, and, and I'm sharing some things with her. And, and then I reach in my backpack, and I pull out my Bible, and I lay it on the table. And I said, see, here's where it says we begin to connect life with Scripture. And she goes, I want one of those books. You see, when people understand that life is connected to Scripture, and we know the stories. It's one of the best proofs that God exists that I can imagine. Because they connect that their life, something, an event with their life that's happening with Scripture. We can see the power of God. We can see how Peter takes them right back to, uh, to Scripture. To make sure that when we're 
making these choices, when we're seeing the contrast, we're making these choices, that we keep in mind that we are spiritual beings living in a fallen world. We're not physical beings trying to be spiritual. It's already there. And when we connect it with Scripture, we can kind of see how this all plays itself out. Very powerful insight. So the challenge for the week, this is what I want you to do. I want you to begin to see the contrast. I want you to to understand the contrast between good and evil, light and dark, so that the Word can become flesh as you connect life with Scripture. I want you to, to understand the choices that you have and make those choices not out of the flesh, not out of the natural man, but out of the spiritual man. Because those are where the real answers are. That'll draw us into the kingdom of God. And then as you're doing that, you connect all of that with Scripture. I would, I would hope that each one of you has a personal, what I would call a personal life Scripture. Or a text that you use that kind of matches your life and you'll kind of see how, what, what this looks like. Um, for me, it's Romans chapter 1. If you know Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, uh, uh, starting at about verse 18, one of the things that Paul says, he goes, um, you know, these people, they, they, they know about God. But basically, they chose not to know about God. Uh, they exchanged God. So you got that choice thing going on. They exchanged the truth for a lie. They thought they were wise, but they were actually fools. And see, that, that really paints a, a large portion of the first part of my life before I, became, before I was introduced to the kingdom of God, before I knew Christ. And then he says, you know, and, and in their foolishness, God gave them the choice, and he gave them over. He let them have it. And boy, when you get into the darkness, the light becomes really apparent. So God gave them over, but he never gives up. He never gives up, which is another part of this text in Acts. Repent. Change how you think. Experience the kingdom of God. So I would hope that each one of you have developed your a text that kind of matches your life, that you kind of read that and it just kind of, it kind of goes with your journey where you are. And you can have multiple, these multiple texts, but what you will understand is that you'll start hearing when you hear someone else's story, you can go, oh, that, that's just like what happened, just like Peter did in this section. He goes, oh, this is, you know, Moses spoke about this and the prophets talked about it and now here it's happening and you guys are surprised. Now repent. Experience God. Be refreshed. Find the refreshment in the kingdom of God. That's my prayer for you this week as you go through this week. Let's pray.